have two scripture readings just for a start this evening. The first one is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. And we're just going to lift one verse. Isaiah chapter 55 and just one verse, which will be verse 11. The Lord speaking through the prophet says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Let's read it again. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Will you turn to the very beginning of your Bible, please, to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Book of Genesis chapter 1. Beginning to read at verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Keep your Bible open there. Let's pray. Father, set us now in our seats, but in your presence. Again, speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Speak into our lives, Lord. Speak into our situations and speak into our very core, our being. And show us truth. Show us Jesus. Show us your glory. Father, we worship and adore you. We love you. And we thank you for your only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in his name we have come. And his name we ask, Lord, that your word would find its own place. Minister to every place whereto you have sent it. And may it prosper to all who hear and receive it. For Jesus' name's sake and for his glory. Amen. I've entitled this, When God Breathes Forth His Word. When God Breathes Forth His Word. There are a few points we'll look at tonight. First of all, we're going to look at when God breathes forth His Word. First of all, He makes a mess, a masterpiece. He makes a mess, a masterpiece. Secondly, when God breathes forth His Word, He makes a mold a man. Thirdly, again then, when God breathes forth his word, he makes mankind his mission. And then fourthly, when God breathes forth his word, he makes his mission into his mountain. He makes his mission into his mountain. In Genesis chapter 1, we're told In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11, it reads that God speaks forth his word. If it shall not show, so shall my word be that goeth forth. Out of my mouth it shall not return unto me void or empty, desolate, fruitless. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You know, humanity, mankind, has a habit of speaking great swelling words and then breaking them. Mankind has a way of of blowing up a smoke around truth, blowing up a mist around men's minds to get them to believe something they want them to believe, and it's a lie behind it. We see it all the time in our politics. And men, generally speaking, in life, women in life, 
They say even, well, I'll be there, I'll meet you there, I'll be here, or I was there, and they weren't. And what they're doing is their word is going forth and meaning nothing. It's dropping to the ground. And many people's word means little to nothing. You can't rely on it. You cannot trust on it. It will produce nothing but sour grapes and bad fruit. But the Lord says when he speaks from his mouth, he's speaking it through the clay lips of Isaiah the prophet. He speaks it through the clay lips which are touched with a live coal from off the altar with those tongs from the angel in the vision of Isaiah chapter 6. He's speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. In other words, God is breathing into and upon Isaiah the prophet. God is bearing him along in his spirit. And so God's word comes through the lips of the prophet. That which God has spoken will come to pass. It will be fruitful. That which God has spoken, not what a pastor speaks or a preacher speaks, but that which is from God, from his own word, will always stand the test of time. That which we hear from pulpits, which is the word of God, it will always take the soul to eternity who receives the engrafted word which is able to save their soul. That word will never ever return on to God void. In other words, God doesn't speak into emptiness and nothing happen. God never speaks into situations and nothing take place. God never gives any false premises. He never tells any lies. He cannot lie for he is holy. And the idea here is God says, my word will prosper whether it's in our hearts and in our lives and our families, when we live by God's word, when we walk in God's word, when we honor God's word, when we come under the authority of God's word, his word prospers and they who are under the word and they whom the word is within will find they prosper, not because we're of any good, but because it's the word that prospers. It's the word that prospers. In Genesis chapter 1, we see at the beginning of creation, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The word God here is the word Elohim. Now it is a, it is a singular word, but has a plural understanding. It's plural in majesty. It's plural in God's attribute. And so whenever we are looking at it, we see in the earth was without form and void And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Notice, and the Spirit of God moved. This is very important. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The word God here is the word Elohim. The Spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. It was Elohim that created the heavens and the earth. And then in verse 3, and Elohim said, let there be light. Notice he speaks his word. He speaks his word. His word does not return void, but it accomplishes that which he speaks. He speaks his word, let there be light, and there was light. Every word that God speaks will come to pass. Every word of judgment that we preach in the unction of, under the unction of the Spirit from the word of God will be true and will come to pass. Because God's word is forever settled in heaven. Cannot be altered. It cannot be changed. It cannot be taken away from. And neither can it be added to. Elohim, the God of plural majesty, the God of eternity, he creates the heavens and the earth. He, his spirit, is upon the face of the waters. He speaks forth his word and his word causes creation to come to pass. Now, notice this. It says, the Spirit of God moved. The Spirit of God moved. The term here for Spirit of God is the word ruach. And ruach means the wind of God. The wind of God. In other words, it means the wind of God's breath. God breathed on an earth that was without form and void. Notice it means that he breathed his breath, his breath of life across death 
the darkness of the face of the deep. Notice this. He says, the Spirit of God moved. Would you say moved? Moved. Would you say moved? Moved. The Spirit of God moved. The Spirit of God, rachaf is the word, the Spirit of God hovered. The Spirit of God, it gives the idea as an eagle flieth or fluttereth over her nest in the, the book of Deuteronomy as God speaks to ancient Israel. He says, so I am the great eagle. The Spirit of God fluttered like a bird of prey only here to cover. The Spirit of God brooded, brooded like a mother hen, like Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her chickens under her wings? And ye would not, you wouldn't come under my brooding wings. He says, behold, your house or your temple is left unto you desolate. Here the Spirit of God, God breathing, it was moving. It means a continuous covering or fluttering. It is similar as well in Passover when God is passing over and passing through Egypt in judgment and he sees the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost. It is the same of to pass and to hover, to cover while death was coming. I will pass over you. He comes over them. He flutters like an eagle over his people. Now notice this. This is important for us. The Spirit of God hovered. The Spirit of God fluttered, brooded over an earth without form and void. In other words, it brooded over an earth which was topsy-turvy. Without form and void, the words, the, the best rendering words there are tohu vabohu. Tohu vabohu. And it means that the Spirit of God came to an earth and brooded over it that was topsy-turvy, a world of chaos, knocked off axis. It means it was a place of darkness that had no purpose. It was a seemingly endless unreality, a place of emptiness and confusion. It gives the idea of a waste land, a waste place, a waste altogether a place of desolation, a place of nothingness, and a place that is a worthless thing. Yet God decided to brood over it. Think about this. God decided to flutter his breath over it. God breathed himself out, and he covered it, hovered it. He moved upon this. Notice what it says It says in Genesis 1 and verse 3, And God said, here is the word of God. And God said, John 1 and 1 tells us, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. This same word that was God and was with God and is God is God speaking forth himself. And this word starts to create. He is a creator God. And God, we're told, said, let there be light. And there was light, bringing light into darkness. This tohu vabohu gives the idea of an indistinguishable ruin an indistinguishable ruin. In other words, the earth at this time was so unrecognizable. The earth at this time was so uninhabitable. The earth at this time was a nothingness, an indistinguishable ruin, and so much so that only God could help. That only God could help. Notice, we have the Spirit and the Word When God speaks, his breath moves. When God breathes, his word creates. This is a great mystery, brothers and sisters. This is a great mystery from way and the eons or the eternity before time. And here God himself alone can help 
and can change, God himself can turn a mess into a masterpiece. Only God himself can turn a mess into a masterpiece. Let us encourage everyone tonight. Let us encourage everyone who's listening, who finds themselves in a place of chaos, who finds their life in a place of darkness and hopelessness, who finds their life has become an unreality. It's empty. It's full of confusion. Desolation is everywhere in our life. Nothing seems to be profitable. It seems to be a life that is an endless struggle, always struggling for the next day, the next moment, the next hour. It seems to be a life that has no purpose. It's wasted, come to nothing. You deem all hopes, dreams, plans, and efforts in your life as worthless. It's been vanity, it's been vain, it's been fruitless, it's been empty. You seem to have received nothing from life back again. It's become an indistinguishable ruin of what you thought things should have been or how they should have turned out. Let us encourage you. Your world may seem like it's tohu, vobohu. You're knocked off your usual and general axis. That things in your life are without form and void. Without shape or make, as we say. That the things in your life have become a total waste and emptiness. Be encouraged. For so was this earth. So was this earth. And here is the encouragement. Notice the Spirit of God moved. Listen to it. And the Spirit of God moved. The Spirit of God moved upon this desolate planet before habitation, before it was habitable. And so when the Spirit of God moved, he was continually, the idea is he was hovering. He was ready. Ready. The Spirit of God, God himself came and he was ready. His breath was breathing over an emptiness. His breath was breathing. We say, don't waste your breath. God says, I never waste my breath. God's breath causes life. God's breath is the spirit moving and he causes life to come out of death and light to be shone into darkness and he takes good and conquers evil. Notice, stay with me on this. There are three things we want to show you. In other words, before the word was spoken, the spirit, the great eternal spirit of God was hovering, was brooding, was fluttering, ready for the word. Ready for the word. Three quick points on this. This tells me that the Holy Spirit is always ready to activate the word of God in your life. The Holy Spirit is within you if you're a Christian, born again Christian. The Holy Spirit resides in you. The breath of God is breathed into you. And God, when we even meet together in these meetings, he is hovering, he is, as it were, fluttering, he is moving in our midst, and he's waiting for every one of you, every heart, every mind, every person, to start to activate the word of God in our lives, and he will breathe on it. I'm ready to move. Come on, I'm ready to move, church. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to, what does the word say? What does the word of God say for your life and for mine? What does the word of God say about what we should be doing? How we should be living our lives? What does the word of God say about the sick one and your loved one who needs help? What does the word of God say? We must have the word of God in us. We must be reading the word of God, teaching the word of God, preaching the word of God, telling the word of God, witnessing the word of God, that when we do the Holy Ghost's promise, he'll be there. The Spirit of God moved in that darkness. The Spirit of God brought light to that darkness. 
And darkness can only exist in the absence of light. Darkness can only exist in the absence of light. So everywhere we speak the light of the word of God, darkness has to flee. In Jesus' name. So brothers and sisters, this tells me that the Holy Spirit is ready to activate the word of God. Not only is the Holy Spirit ready to activate the word of God, secondly, it tells me that God can create something out of nothing. God can take a mess and make it a masterpiece. It's in a primeval chaos that we read in Genesis 1. And he looks at a total and absolute mess that the earth is in. And he breathes his spirit upon it. And he speaks his word into it. He breathes his spirit upon it. And he speaks his word into it. That's how we'll see we should be as believers. Notice, he speaks to this prime evil world of chaos. And he breathes his spirit, speaks his word, and he takes a mess and he makes it a masterpiece. How do you know? Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Genesis 1, verse 31 says, And God saw that he had made, and behold, It was very good. God looked at what he had created by his spirit and his word, his own power, and he saw it. It wasn't just good. It was very good. It wasn't just good. It was very good. The word behold means God examined it. God's eyes that see through every heart examined it. And when he examined it, he said, it's very good. I have made a mess, a masterpiece. I have made a mess, a masterpiece. Here's something for you. God can take your mess and make it a masterpiece. God can take your mess and make it a masterpiece. It's the word of God. Live by the word. Get into the place of prayer and ask the Lord to douse you, no, to drench you, no, to saturate you in his spirit. And he will take a mess and he will make it his masterpiece. God can make your mess his masterpiece. God can make you his masterpiece. And Christian, God's not finished with you yet. He is making a masterpiece. Philippians 1 and verse 6 says, be confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Notice, he begun it, he'll perform it. He who hath begun a good work in you will perform it. He has begun it, he will perform it. He begun it, he'll perform it. Salvation is by grace through faith. It's not of yourselves, it is a gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast. It's all of him, and he is bringing his own to glory. Yes, he's bringing many sons and daughters to glory. Notice this, brothers and sisters. Don't give up, because God is still working in you. Your mess will be his masterpiece. The mess that you find yourself in, maybe the mess you've made, will be his masterpiece. Keep going on with God. Keep trusting in Christ. Thirdly, God sees the finished product from the beginning. God sees the finished product from the beginning. He saw the finished masterpiece whenever the world was in chaos. God sees the completion And God sees what you will be in his Son, in Christ, even before you were born. God gave you to his Son. In the mind of God, you were given to his Son in eternity past. And that his Son, the Lamb of God, would die on the cross for you. And God's heart has not changed for you, brethren. God's heart has not changed for you, sister, 
because he takes that which his word will speak and it does not return unto him void. I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. I'm kept by the power of God. I'm sanctified through the Spirit and the Word. And so are you, if you're in Christ. Notice this. You and I give up at emptiness, don't we? I can't do this anymore. I've had enough. We give up at emptiness. We give up in hopelessness of that which we see that is without form and void in our lives. Darkness is upon the face of our deep. Darkness is upon the face of your deep. And we give up and we throw in the towel and we run away or we hide and we walk away. And we give up on this walk with Christ. But nevertheless, here's something I want you to know. God never, God never, God never, ever, ever gives up in his work. That which he has begun, he will perform. He'll perfect it in you. He never gives up on his work. When God breathes forth his word, He causes it to create, to change, and to complete. That which he wills, and that which he already sees. It says, behold, it was very good. He does not abandon his work. So God makes a mess, a masterpiece. That's the longest point, I think. Point two. He makes a mold, a man. He makes a mold, a man. Genesis chapter 2, please. And while you're looking that up, when we go here, I want you to understand that this is not to try to, to discourage, but to encourage. Notice what it says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living nephesh, a living soul, an understanding being, the image of God, a man, Adam man, who was in tune with God, in fellowship. The word here, he formed, notice what it says here in verse 4. Genesis 2 and 4, these are the generations of heavens and the earth, of the earth when they were created. Notice, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heaven. Notice the term here, Lord God. First of all, it was God, God, God. Read down Genesis chapter 1, God, God, God. Elohim, 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 Elohim. It just keeps ramming, ramming off every time. And God said, and God said, and God said. Elohim said, Elohim said, Elohim. Now, for the first time we hear and the Lord God. Genesis 2 and 4. The word Lord is our common known word as Jehovah. Jehovah Elohim. In other words, God who is high and lofty. God who is aloof above all others. God who is transcendent above all of his creation. The great unknowable God. He decides to become knowable to man. Jehovah Elohim steps into the picture. That is his word that becomes flesh. John 1 and 14, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, Full of grace. Hallelujah. Full of grace. Jesus is full of grace. Have you sinned? Have you fallen? Have you went wayward? Are you weary? Are you hopeless? Are you helpless? Jesus is full of grace and truth. John even tells us that it's grace for grace. Grace for grace. In John chapter 1. You know what that gives the idea of? Here's a modern idea of what that means. If you go down into a tube station and you're just getting onto the platform and you're going to walk into the train and the, the door's closing, away it goes. Oh, I've missed my train. I said it's all over. I'm never going to. I've missed that train. And suddenly before that one's ending, another one comes up and you get on that one. 
Grace for grace means when you feel you've come to the end of grace, realize there's always more in Jesus. Get on the next train, brothers and sisters. Come on, get on the next train. I can't do it. He'll never forgive me. I can't do it. I'll never go on with him. Listen, you're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Get on the next train, the grace train, and he will carry you through. Here we have the transcendent God coming down to his creation and the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim, he comes and steps into Eden. Notice this. The word here for formed, he formed man in verse 7. The word here for formed, it expresses the relation of a craftsman to his material. Isn't that strange? The idea of this, it expresses the relation of a craftsman to his material. In other words, it gives the idea, God took the dust of the ground, God took the dirt or the soil of the ground, and he stressed it, distressed it, until it started to mold, started to speak to it. And he became in relationship with Adam kind. It's the idea of this. It gives the idea of a potter on the clay, molding the clay, squeezing the clay, putting on the water as it, as it makes it supple, putting on the spirit on us, makes it supple and squeezing it. See, God squeezes us sometimes to put us into the right shape we should be in. God squeezes us sometimes to make sure we're getting into shape. And a man and a woman who are in Christ who are not getting into shape, they're not growing in Christ then. And God here, we see he molds this. And he molds a man. But he's not the man that God wants him to be yet. He's not the man that God wants him to be. It expresses the the relation of a cross man to his material and it implies a personal skill, time and effort placed upon it and into it. God places time into you. God places effort, as it were, into you. God focuses his attention upon you. And he squeezes you sometimes and we don't like it. But when he he does and we accept it, it's to make us more to the vessel he wants us to be. God or Elohim was transcendent to that which he created, but now, here we see him come into relationship with Adam to walk with him in the cool of the day. Verse 7 says, see, he's not yet what God wanted him to be. He's a mold of what God wants him to be. There's many people and they're like molds of what God wants you to be. You look the part, you're molded, but there's no spirit. There's no spirit. Verse 7 says, He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Here God, the Spirit of God, moved. He breathed the Spirit into him. And man became a living nephesh, a living soul. A living soul. Brothers and sisters, we hear all the time, you have a soul, you have a soul, you... You, it's not really a good term. You are a soul. You are a soul. The real living you inside, you are one. You don't possess really one as such, but we are one. Man became a living soul. Now he's becoming what God would have him to be, to fellowship. And he walks with him in the cool of the day. He walks with Adam. He talks with him. He gives him dominion over all of the earth. Adam kind. Adam, come here. Name the animals. Adam, come here. You have dominion over it all, Adam. Now I want you, Adam, to look after it for me. Oh, what a poor job Adam kind has done.
The idea here, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. This is an act of giving. God so loved the world that he gave. He's always giving. It's an act of giving. It's an act of grace. It's been described as a warm, personal, face-to-face, intimate act when Jehovah Elohim, the Lord God, came down to this mold of a man as though he kissed him face-to-face, intimately, and went, that's the idea of it. And he breathed into him, and he became alive unto God. No, a man and a woman cannot get saved unless the Holy Ghost breathes into them. This word he formed, it's also mentioned, I'll just give you one example here in Psalm 139. Psalm 139, and I would like this to be heard by those who are pro-abortion. I'd like it to be heard on every radio station at these debates and see when they wonder what God thinks of the silent holocaust and slaughter of babies in the womb. Psalm 139 and verse 16, David cries under the inspiration of the Spirit, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. See the word fashioned? Continuance were fashioned when as yet there were none of them. It's the same word for formed. Yes, sir. It's the same word for formed. Do you know what he says? He says, Father God, Elohim, my creator, oh, great Yahweh Jehovah, He says, before my little fingers formed in my mother's womb, before my arms and my legs started to grow forth, when I was just, as they call it, a little fetus, a blob, someone called it the other week, when I was just that little blob, you and your book knew every hand and every foot and every eye, my ears, you knew my facial expressions and features. They were all written by you. And cut the pieces in the womb. Being cut the bits in the womb. He says, the Lord says, hey, I knew every one of them. Oh, but it might have been a mistake. It might have been uh, some sort of um, mistake. We didn't mean to have a baby or whatever it may be. Look what I tell you. God knew it whether it was a mistake or not. You every finger and every toe. God breathed into this mold and made him a man. You know something I used to be in the world, as you know. I thought I was a man. I used to be getting into trouble from no age. And used to be on having drink and drugs and all that stuff. You know the whole story. I was a I, 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 it's like chalk and cheese if you were to see me now compared to then. In my temperaments and even the things I got up to, you you would just wouldn't believe it was me. You wouldn't believe it was me. If I showed you, you if I was able to play it on a screen, I'd run out anyway, I'd be ashamed of it. And I thought I was a man. Getting into my fights and all that sort of stuff. I thought I was a tough guy. I thought I was a man. You know what? Do you know when I became a man, when God breathed his spirit into me and gave me his word, I became a man. I started learning to be a man. God makes a man out of you. He makes a woman out of you. I have to move quickly. John chapter 20 and verse 22. Listen to what it says. Of the Lord Jesus, it says, He breathed on His disciples, He breathed on them. John 20, 22, He breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Notice here is 
the Spirit ready. The Word is spoken and the Spirit carries the Word right into their heart. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Do you know uh, the only place that this word emphuaso is used uh, is the only other place that's used in this tense in the whole of Scripture is in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 when God breathed into the nostrils of the man and he became a living soul. And you'll find it, there's a Bible called the Septuagint. And the Septuagint is, you know, we know our, our, our Old Testament is written mainly in Hebrew. Um, but the Septuagint, the whole Bible is written in Greek like the New Testament is written. And so the Septuagint, Greek version of the Old Testament, uses the exact same word for God breathing into Adam. Christ breathing into his disciples. Enfuraso. It's the only place we find it. Here he comes again to a fallen, a fallen mankind. Here he comes again to men who are dying in their sin to save them. Here he comes and he takes that and he takes a man, the mold of a man, and he makes them into men. The word means to puff, to blow, to breathe. And he speaks his word, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That means, now lay hold on the Spirit. That's the way Jesus was saying, lay hold on the Spirit. There's too many Christians who don't lay hold on the Spirit. Jesus breathed out his word and the disciples breathed in the Spirit. He creates again and he sends them forth with spirit and with the spirit and authority through his word. The word receive is lambano. Hold on to it, he says, and take this in. You're going to need it. Quickly again, the next one is he makes mankind his mission. Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost. 120 are in the upper room. It says, and suddenly there came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3 there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Here again is the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Notice, the tongue of the Spirit is known through the tongue of man. The Word of God is known through the lips of clay. He makes mankind his mission by sending them forth to preach to the uttermost part of the earth. Here things change. God breathes out and fills his people with the Holy Ghost. He moves. The Holy Ghost moves. Take note. God breathes out into a body. First of all, it was into the earth, into Adam, and now it was into his disciples. Now again, it's in to the 120 of the upper room. What is the body? The body of Christ on earth. He breathed out his spirit again on his word. They were told that he breathed out into his body and God spoke through his body, which is the church. Listen, they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. That is God, the language of God, speaking from their mouth. God breathes forth his word. He's creating a living body with his living word to show forth a living Christ out of dead, lifeless ritual and religion. Listen, we always talk about we're waiting for a revival. We're waiting for a move of God. We're waiting for a revival. Oh, that God would give us a move of his spirit. Listen to William Booth. Listen to what he said. I'm not waiting for a move of the Holy Ghost. I am a move of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost spoke into him. And he says, I'm not waiting for a move. He's already spoken into me. He's already breathed himself in me. I am a move of the Holy Ghost. Now go forth. Did you get that, brother or sister? You are a move of the Holy Ghost. Now go and reach a lost and dying world. Lastly, he makes his mission his mountain. I'll break this down sometime and show you it in Full prophetic utterance. He makes his mission his mountain. Men are his mission. Daniel chapter 2. Listen to what it says in Daniel 2. 
I'll just read a verse or two for time's sake, for time is flowing. Listen, Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he sees the image of the head of gold and the arms and the breast of silver and the belly of brass and the legs of iron and the legs and, uh, uh, and the feet of iron and clay. And Daniel is interpreting the dream and telling him what this dream is. Notice what he says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 31. Thou, O king, sawest till behold, and behold a great image. This great image whose brightness was excellent stood there before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The image's head was of fine gold. His breast and arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron, part of clay, till thy sawest, till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them in pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. What is this stone? The stone started with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob into Israel. Israel became two kingdoms and the northern were scattered. Then later the southern kingdom was scattered. This was known as the stone kingdom of God. And God had promised to send forth the gospel after Christ had died on the cross. He does it again. We see a picture of it in uh, Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. This mountain starts to form with the gospel age. The, the gospel that comes and reaches the Western nations, and then we carry it around the world to Africa and to India, to China, to South America, all around the world. And the kingdom of Christ is building into a great mountain, and Christ is coming to set up his kingdom again. Now I notice this, verse chapter 37, Ezekiel 37, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, notice, full of bones, a valley full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest, O Jehovah Elohim, thou knowest if they can live or not. Now notice, and again he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones. And he said unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone, and when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. And he said unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, and exceeding Great army, then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold our bone, for house of Israel, behold, they say our bones are dried up, are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Here he is saying, Israel, the northern kingdom is scattered. Now by Ezekiel's day, the house of Judah has went into Babylon. They're saying, we are cut off for our parts. The northern kingdom is heading westward at this time. They're starting to migrate. And the southern kingdom are looking to get back to Jerusalem. That's when we read of Ezra and Nehemiah. And they're trying to get back to Jerusalem to build the walls and the temple that we read about. And they're waiting on the 70 years of Daniel's prophecy to come to pass when God says he would bring them back again. And they're praying about this. He's saying, but they're scattered everywhere, oh God. Going into the, the valley is the wastelands of what we now know as Europe and Scandinavia. They're everywhere. Bone here and a bone. Not skeletons. Scattered and they're dry. They're lifeless. They're dead. They become gentilized. God says, do you think I can even gather up these bones again? Do you think I could even do it? He says, oh Lord, thy knowest. He says, then prophesy. Speak under my inspiration. Breathe into them the word of God. Speak over them, he says, and they shall live. What happens? 
he starts to see the vision. They start forming into a body, but there is no spirit. He says, now I breathe spirit into them. Do you know what happened, brothers and sisters? This happened from Pentecost. This happened when the disciples went out. This happened whenever the church went out, the early disciples preaching the word under the anointing of the Spirit. And then all of those that were scattered heard the word. And then it comes that there's a dark age. And through prophetic history, we read that the Protestant Reformation came. The just shall live by faith, Martin Luther said. And they started to have more light of the gospel. They were prophesying unto the bones. They were prophesying throughout the nations. They were prophesying throughout the house of Israel. And they gathered together. And the Western nations came and became the great Protestant Reformed nations of the world. That's what happened. This is what has happened here. And God says, I will cause them. Now, he says, they're, they're religious. Now, they've got a little bit. They need the spirit. He says, now prophesy. And I'd breathe life in them. Oh, the Pentecostal fire came. The flame came at Topeka, Kansas. Let's use the street first. Topeka, Kansas, 1901. The flame came in, in, in Azusa Street in 1905. And it went to Wales. And it came with the Jeffreys brothers. And it came to Ireland. And revivals broke out all over. And God was gathering the valley of dry bones again to be a glory for his name. And revival came with blessing and power. And the Holy Ghost was poured out upon them. The word of God must be preached. And the spirit of God must must be hard in every assembly, in every heart, in every person. I'll have to do that in detail for you sometime. God breathing upon the dry bones and prophecy. And get excited when I see it. I see it all come to pass. Building up a body for his glory. This mountain that fills the whole earth is taking shape and form. And I believe the day of the coming of the Lord is at hand, but before it, he's going to pour into his church again, his Holy Ghost and the Word. He's going to breathe life into us, and there's going to come the Elijah ministry in the house of God, and we're going to see mighty signs and wonders and miracles in Jesus' name. We're going to see men and women swept into the kingdom of God in spite of all that's going on, in spite of the abortionists, in spite of the homosexuality, in spite of all the humanism, in spite of atheism, in spite of communism, in spite of all of these things, God is going to raise up an army. He's going to raise up a people. He's gathering the bones. He's putting sinews and flesh upon them. And he'll breathe again. And we will stand in victory in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you shout, praise the Lord tonight. Praise the Lord. Getting excited. Oh, for Christ is returning. Behold, he comes. Hallelujah. Riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. Oh, at the trumpet call. Hallelujah. He's coming. He's coming. Christ is coming. Are you washed in the blood? Are you saved?